Welcome to Intersect, where church meets culture. I'm Josh Desch, pastor of Community and Discipleship at Northeast Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina. And I am joined, as always, by my wife, the contemplative Betsy. Oh, I like that one. Good to have you today, Bets. Good to be here. And we are so honored and privileged to have the joyful Brooke Turner with us today. Brooke, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's an honor and a joy to be here, surely. Well, thank you, Brooke. And uh, I think this is just so special that you are our first guest that we've ever had on this podcast. And to uh, very briefly say a few words about Brooke, you'll hear more about her story in just a few moments, but Brooke is the mother of three precious children and served as the director of women's ministry at Northeast Presbyterian for five years. And today, the uh, topic of our episode is hope that endures through suffering. And the significance of that title will become more apparent as we jump into the topic here today. But let me just say a few opening remarks, and then we're going to hear from Brooke. We live in a broken world, and what that means is for every one of us, from the earliest of ages, we experience suffering. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're a little kid, uh, you, you skin your knee, you have fights with your siblings, you... Um, endure all kinds of things. And as we get older, our suffering generally changes form, uh, but it does not go away. And it is undeniable that suffering is a part of life. We all suffer. But something else that's also undeniable is that we do not all suffer to the same degree. We are Christians. This is a Christian uh, podcast. And this is something that we as Christians say is a part of the mystery of our faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, why does God allow suffering to begin with? And, and why does he allow um, people to suffer in different ways? We do not understand this question. Yeah, this is really the ultimate question. It really is. There's, there's really no more significant question than this. And sometimes suffering strikes uh, closer to home, to our own lives. Of course, suffering touches all of us, but sometimes it touches us very close, very close to the heart. And our, our dear friend Brooke has walked a very painful road in the last several years. And I'll just say before uh, Brooke shares her story, the way that, that God had our lives intersect together uh, you know, no pun intended there on the <laughs> title of this podcast. Plug for that. Yeah. But about, we first met Brooke uh, close to two years ago. And I was at the time a pastor of a church in Northern New Jersey. And God had made it apparent to us that it was uh, the time to uh, seek out a new pastor calling, a new pastorate. And we first met Brooke um, and her family when I was candidating for my current position. Mm-hmm. And God led us to come to Northeast Prez, and we became very quick uh, friends with the Turner family. Mm-hmm. Uh, God ordained it that we would just move very close to them and and just became very fast friends. And so we have uh, sort of been brought into this story through God's hand for um, coming up on two years now. So, Bets, do you want to add anything before Brooke shares her story? Uh, we're just, yeah, Brooke, we're so happy to have you here this morning. And, um, 
we've just both, our whole family has been blessed by watching um, your faith mm-hmm. and how you've responded to um, the circumstances of your life, and we're blessed to have you as a friend. Mm. Well, thank you. Truly, it is such an honor and a joy not only to be here, but to be your first guest because I love the dishes, but I also love Intersect Podcast. Well, thanks. <laughs> How about that? And I was telling Betsy earlier that I look forward to it, and when an episode drops, I'm probably one of the first ones to download and listen oh, to it. Well, that is an well, honor. Thank you. Thank it really you, thank is. You. So, Brooke, um, we just want to give you some time to share your story with mm-hmm. us, with our listeners. Great. Well, before we get too deep, um, I just want to tell you a couple additional things about myself. Um, I do love to read and I love to Mm. travel. Mm. I'm a self-proclaimed foodie. Mm. Yes. Um, I probably watch way too much Food Network. (laughs) Mm. We've had a charcuterie board. Charcuterie? Yes. Did I say it right? At my house. With Mm. Brooke that Brooke made and it it was beautiful. I love charcuterie boards, Grateful and that's probably one of my favorite words. Yes. It's yes. just such a fun word to <laughs> I, say. I can't even say it. I really stumbled over it. <laughs> no, you did great. <laughs> yeah. um, and I also love personality tests. And for those of you who mm. are wondering, I'm an Enneagram four-wing three and an, a Myers-Briggs INFJ. Wow. And if you have that, no idea what I'm amazing. talking about, maybe we, you need to do a podcast episode on personality tests. Oh, that's an idea. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, I'm, um, a, I'm a four or five. Any, anyway. Oh, you're a four wing cool. five? Okay, yeah. interesting. I didn't know that. Cool. Um, so in, anyway, um, just to kind of briefly go through my journey, um, in 2006, I fully surrendered my life to the Lord. I was mm-hmm. raised in a Christian home, but I fully surrendered my life in 2006 at the age of 26, um, and the Lord has taken me on quite a journey since then. Mm-hmm. My um, husband and I struggled to conceive. We went through th- three years of infertility, and the Lord took me so much deeper into His Word and taught me so many rich truths about himself through that time, Mm. and I thought I had really checked the box on suffering after we conceived twins, Mm -hmm. um, Sam and Selah, they're eight now, Um, and then we had the best surprise of our lives 19 months later when I got pregnant with Hannah, who is now seven. Um, But yeah, like I said, I thought I checked the box on suffering. I was like, okay, God, I know Christians suffer. I know we all suffer. Um, Been there, done that, so let's move on. Mm And in 2015, life was pretty amazing. Of course, it wasn't perfect. Uh, We had daily difficulties with three children so close together. Uh, We had twins at the time. The twins were five and uh, five years old, and Hannah was three. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, we had a lot. (laughs) Yeah, hands are full. Hands were certainly full and overflowing, but it was mostly just managing blessings. No true suffering um, in those days, and actually a lot of joy. The Lord had called me to be the women's ministry director um, right around that time, Mm -hmm. and so I really felt like I was stepping into a calling that I felt the Lord had placed on my life years earlier, and I was just in really a great spot in my Mm -hmm. life. And then in one day, my life turned completely upside down. Mm -hmm. On April 21st, 2015, at the age of 35, I was seemingly healthy, um, and after finding a lump in my breast, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And not just bre- any breast cancer, but a highly aggressive type of breast cancer that had already spread to my lymph nodes and went through a year of treatment, surgeries, radiation. Um, and in May of 2016, got a clear report from the doctors. Praise the Lord. I was mm-hmm. clear of cancer. So again, Thought great suffering is in my rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. I checked the box again. I thought this is this is great. I can move on with my life. We moved into a new house, um, 
And unfortunately, at the end of that year, the cancer returned um, with a vengeance. We found out that it had uh, metastasized to my sternums, which sternum, which means that this at that point I had stage four cancer. And I began thinking through issues like death and um, really wrestling with the Lord about end of life things, even though the prognosis wasn't dire at that point, but just naturally when you hear stage four cancer, your mind goes to those places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was started getting treated at MD Anderson in Texas, which meant I had to travel frequently to Texas with my husband, Justin, and he was so supportive. I, I said um, he was my earthly rock, and um, he was just amazing through the whole journey. And at that point, they said, you will likely be on some form of treatment for the rest of your life. Um, whether it's one year or 20, you will likely be on chemo for the rest of your life. So that was difficult to accept, knowing and understanding how hard it was to be on chemo. I lost my hair completely two times, um, so I went through all the all the normal cancer stuff, um, and had kind of like, kind of come to terms with the fact that this is my life. I'm fully relying and depending on the Lord, and I don't know how many years I have, but I'm going to appreciate and savor each moment as much as I possibly can. And that's kind of where I was this past year. On August 25th of 2018. I call it the greatest plot twist of my life occurred. Um, My husband, Justin, which I mentioned before, who was so incredibly supportive, was cycling and was hit by a car and immediately was killed and went home to be with the Lord. It's still unreal even Mm. speaking those words. Mm. So I remember thinking about the fact that here I was, am, a stage four cancer patient undergoing chemo and thinking deeply about my death for a couple of years at this point, never thinking that Justin would be um, going to, to heaven, going to see the Lord, going back home to his heavenly home before me. Mm-hmm. Never, ever thought that just so perplexing and even still yeah we do not know the mind of god that's right mm-hmm. and so um that's where i'm at today um 8 months later still grieving deeply but grieving differently than i did the days and the months immediately following mm-hmm. still um walking through cancer treatments but praise the lord this past monday I got a good scan report, which means my cancer's mm-hmm. stable and not progressing. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm still on chemo, but um, that's where I'm at right now, and mm-hmm. that's the journey that the Lord has taken me on. Mm-hmm. So, Brooke, um, just in your experience, um, having walked through infertility and then walking through cancer and continuing to walk through cancer, having lost um, your husband, who was just the love of your life, what are some of the common ways that you've come across that people have um, make sense of suffering? Like, what do you see in the world around mm. you, and even in the church? What are some of the some of the ways that um, that you've encountered that people make sense of what you're going through? Well, we do. I have noticed that 
people, we all do try to make sense of this. That's right. I think yeah. from an yeah. early age, we are taught, maybe maybe it's just within us, that we try to interpret life and try to make sense of life. That's right. Mm-hmm. So we are we are people that. made in God's image yes. who who want there to be you know a, a, an explanation for things. Sure, we can't escape our search for purpose, significance, That's right. yes. and that we see an order and a purpose around us, mm-hmm. even if we don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the ways I've seen people this is hurtful um, in my shoes, but kind of the, I would call it karma. If you Mm. suffer, if you were suffering Mm. deeply, then you must have done something to deserve it. Mm. And in the Bible, that's kind of what Job's friends friends, had that Mm -hmm. um, wrong theology, I would call it. So that's one uh, incorrect view of suffering. Mm. Um, The the second one I would say is um, in the words of the great theologian Kelly Clarkson, what doesn't kill you (laughs) makes you stronger. (laughs) So, you know, Maybe fight we'll like get a Kelly girl. On here one day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> fight like a girl. You know, um, every th- another one is that there is no God. Everything is random. Everything's mm. meaning meaningless. Mm-hmm. And if there was a God, he's certainly not a good God who would allow this type of suffering, especially to quote unquote good people. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, de- we definitely see that one in a lot of ways. You know, in secular humanism, it's all about. You know, there's no be- there's no reality beyond what you can see, and the universe is just cold and uncaring, and what happens, happens. That's right. Yeah, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. you know, Paul addresses that in the scriptures. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think another one I've seen, and I even see this in myself sometimes, is fearing, to fear suffering so much that we try to control the outcome of our lives. So we try to avoid it. Um, mm-hmm. We try to control what we eat, mm-hmm. um, what you know, being obsessed with safety measures and to try to avoid it at all costs. And we all know that that is, we cannot avoid suffering. Right. Yeah. You yeah. pad, the, pad the bank account as much right. as you can. Sure. sure. Um, uh, eat the cleanest diet. Right. Yep. Um, you know, all the ways that people try to stay yeah. youthful and well provided for. Yeah, I think it manifests itself in anxiety, mm-hmm. anxiety about suffering. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people are very concerned about what if it, touches my life mm-hmm. what if what you know can i can i put up enough walls mm-hmm. that's right um and then the final one i thought through is that suffering is just viewed as a interruption to my plans so um and that would kind of lead into as christians suffering is not just an interruption but it's actually a way that god can work in our lives god uses it is a deeply meaningful part of the Christian mm. journey. Hmm. Yeah, so as, as opposed to some of those ways of thinking about suffering and making sense of suffering, um, how do you think the Christian concept of suffering and hope is distinctive? How does, that give you, how does that give you joy for the journey when your life circumstances day by day are very difficult? Well, I think um, it's... It's difficult. It, I can't. I'm not trying to say I always live in this place. So, and everything I say in the next couple of minutes, please don't think that I am always there because life has mm-hmm. been very difficult for me, especially for the past four years. Yeah. But these are the truths that I continually have to preach to myself, and I keep going back to to realign my perspective. Um, and one of the books that I read over the past few years is called "Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering" by Timothy Keller. Oh, I read mm-hmm. that one. It's Last so year good. or the year before, that was so good. 
so, so good. But yeah. there's a quote that says, while other worldviews lead us to sit in the midst of life's joys, foreseeing the coming sorrows, Christianity empowers its people to sit in the midst of this world's sorrows, tasting the coming joy. Mm. So I really see it. Um, that the Christian distinctive starts at the cross, where we see Jesus, who was our suffering Savior, who willingly endured suffering for the joy set before him. And, of course, we know it was for the purpose, for the greatest purpose, um, to grant all of us salvation for those of, for those of us who believe in him. We get eternal salvation. Yeah, and that, that has been something... Um that has been helpful to me in, in the suffering I've experienced, which um, is certainly not anywhere close to, Brooke, what you've experienced, but we've all experienced suffering, as we've said, and um, as I've thought about it myself, uh, one of the things that has been helpful is to think, well, I, I don't understand why they're suffering but uh, and why God would allow it, but I know that one reason can't be that he he just doesn't care about this world and he doesn't care about us because the center of my faith is that he himself came and suffered. That's, that's the, it's like, as Brooke, as you said, the cross, the, the epicenter in many ways of, of our faith is God himself suffering, the son of God suffering on behalf of us. And that doesn't answer the question, the question or all the questions we have but it does eliminate one uh, th- thought that we could have, which is maybe God really doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really a paradox um, that suffering is, or it can be, part of the joy that we have in our Christian walk. And it's part of that redemption. It's that the worst evil was redeemed mm. for the joy of his people. Mm. And that's really the hope that we have. Mm-hmm. So that word, that word hope, we throw around a lot, mm-hmm. both in Christian circles and non-Christian circles. Um, I mean, it's biblical. It's a word we should use frequently. But when I say hope, I, I have to really think through where is my hope, and it's not in the medical team, or it's not hope in the circumstances working out in the way that I wish them to, but it's that hope which does not disappoint that we read about in the book of Romans. And I've had to really wrestle a lot through what this means, and that's been a gift of my journey, is that I have wrestled and I've thought deeply about this and prayed and journaled and read the scriptures. And I feel as though now, four years later, I am more deeply rooted in my hope, in my true biblical hope. Mm. Yeah, and that seems in many ways to be counterintuitive to what uh, many people would think. Many people, you know, just would would think, well, uh, I would think that perhaps you had had lost your faith or or had walked away from your faith in light of the suffering that you've experienced, but you're here testifying that you feel more rooted in your faith than you were before. That's right, and I don't think that's unique to me. We see that in the Scripture. We see Paul suffered deeply and was not crushed. Mm. He, um, it says in the book of Second Corinthians chapter 4 that he was 
his outer self was, was wasting away, but his inner self was being renewed day by day. So that's not unique to me. That's part of the Christian life, which is another reason we can have joy in the midst of it. But I will say again that even after four years and wrestling with this, and I believe I will process this the rest of my life, I have to constantly preach this to myself, especially certain weeks and months. Mm-hmm. I'm because I even without realizing it, I myself am drinking in the cultural worldview right. of yeah. suffering and these wrong ideas that we talked about at the beginning of this episode that um, I'm pointing myself back to Scripture. What does God say in His Word about suffering? Hmm. When um, um, you brought up the book, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering, I um, one quote that really stuck out to me from that book is this. It's a little bit long, um, so I'll read through it. Suffering takes away the loves, joys, and comforts that we rely on to give life meaning. How can we maintain our poise or even our or even our peace and joy when that happens? The answer is that we can do that only if we locate our meaning in things that can't be touched by death. But that means locating the answers to the questions, what is human life for, and what should I be spending my time doing here, in things that suffering cannot destroy. So that's what you're saying, Brooke, that your suffering has driven you to find the answers to those ultimate questions and things that can't be destroyed through the circumstances of your life. And that's really the journey of our lives here. Yeah, and it reminds us that that God is holding us and all of his children in a place that ultimately suffering cannot touch. Yes. That's suffering right. has access in, in, to, to our earthly bodies. Mm-hmm. And again, there's such great mystery here, but the, uh, the, the core of who we are is, you know, and, and our hope of resurrection is something that suffering does not have access to. Amen. That's right. Praise the Lord. Mm. And a phrase I started saying a couple years ago related to that is, the end is good. Mm. And I would say this out loud. I would say it in my head. And when we think through that big picture, we know the end as Christians. We know our, our eternal end is good. It's eternity with Jesus, with the Lord, unending joy in His presence. Um, we get our resurrected bodies and we get reunion with those people that we love who've gone before us. Um, so, you know, but but then there's also a little bit of, yeah, but what about life here? <laughs> it really yeah. hurts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't want to wait for eternity to be happy again. Yeah. So part of thinking through that is that Christian hope isn't just about eternity. And so many people would jump to that. They'd say, oh, you get to be with Justin again. It's like, great, but I really want them now. That's right. What and about yeah. the rest of What about of now? What about yeah. me? I'm a yeah. single mom with three children under the age of nine. I need help. Mm. Um, but that's where the resurrection really has so much power. If Jesus truly rose from the grave, then everything, which I believe he did, then everything else he says in Scripture is true. Mm. Yep. And those are the promises that I can cling to in my life here and now. And promises like 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and this is one of my life verses. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so the power of Christ may rest upon me. Mm-hmm. And those are verses we read as Christians, we hear from the time that we're young, if we're raised in a Christian home. 
But that is so powerful if you really believe it, that when we are weak, the power is an opportunity for the power of Christ to rest upon us as Christians. And there's so many promises like that that we can cling to and we have access to here on earth. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. Our hope in Christ isn't just about eternity. It's about life here. Hmm. And and this is where we see how practical our theology is. Your theology right. makes all the difference Huge in the world difference. to how you live, especially mm-hmm. when the things that you look to for hope and comfort are removed from your life. Yes, That's when your theology is really laid bare in a That's lot of right. ways. Hey, listeners. There's so much more that we wanted to talk about with Brooke, so we decided to split our conversation into two parts. So please go to our website, www.anyprez.com podcasts, or to any of the major listening apps to find part two. 